Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. This podcast was recorded live on June 17, 2018. While Pastor Bruce is running the Manitoba Marathon, members of the Grace Lutheran Congregation reflect on the enormous impacts one small seed can have upon the lives of those around us. Let's listen. The Lord therefore sends Samuel to Bethlehem, where he anoints David, the youngest son of the sons of Jesse, to succeed Saul as king. Let us listen. A reading from 1 Samuel. Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. But Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinabad, and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and he had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him. For this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. 
And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. In the second reading, Paul encourages believers to live by faith and not by sight. We do not consider Jesus from a human perspective, but through the eyes of faith, believing he died for all and was raised. All who are in Christ are now in God's new creation. Let us listen. A reading from 2 Corinthians. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The kingdom of God is as if someone were to scatter the seed upon the ground and would sleep and rise the next day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he does in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the glory, the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but explained everything in private to his disciples. 
The Gospel of the Lord. When I had uh, asked, when Pastor Bruce asked me if I would be willing to preach, I said yes, and I said, how long? He said, well, you know, tell you what, when I finish running, I'll text you, and then you can stop speaking. <laughs> Sown seeds. Sown seeds germinate, as the scripture said, for reasons that are very complex and very difficult to explain. But I'm happy that they do. And I don't need to know more than that. I'll just take the rest of it on faith. The mustard seed, one of the smallest, can become a tree that can grow from 6 to 20 feet tall and is refuge for birds and many insects. I'm sure that we can think of many other terms referring to the sowing of seeds. In business or not-for-profit communities, it may be to sow the seeds of ideas or visions in order to germinate or to generate business or a following of, of support for your cause. The scripture passages describe the scattering of seed upon the ground. All of us are God's sown seeds scattered across the earth. We take nourishment from our faith, from each other, from ourselves, and also from the world around us. What is it that we will do to nourish and enrich the world in a way that will benefit others? On Wednesday, I spent the day at RBC Convention Center. They hosted TEDx Winnipeg, where 13 presenters uh, had given their talk. Are you familiar with TEDx? Do you know what a TED Talk is? Raise your hand. Does anyone know? So TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. It's been around for a long time. You can find it on YouTube. And the idea behind a TED Talk is that they're inspired stories shared by people from all walks of life, and they expose new ideas to the whole world. The talks are about 18 minutes in length, and uh, you can talk about anything. So that's what TEDx is all about, and it's been running in Winnipeg for several years now. I encourage you, if you do find it, take a look, because I'm sure you'll find something. There's some really neat stuff on, a, on TED Talks. So one of the presenters that I had heard was John Jansen. John was a self-confessed, lonely, southern Manitoba farm boy. He was involved with community work and inner-city development in Japan, Cambodia, and the southern Philippines. Now he can be found as the communication and education coordinator for Shalom Mission. And he travels around the province to speak to students, and he works with schools and universities and community groups. What he shared with us was when he came to, from the farm to Winnipeg, he found it that he wanted to be able to help others and make people more like him because as far as he was concerned, he was pretty much perfect. And that changed very dramatically when he met a man that he referred to as Mike. Uh, so John comes to Winnipeg, he's with some friends, and there's a bunch of people standing at a street corner downtown, and they have their, their hand up to their mouth. Now, it's in the middle of summer, so their hands aren't cold. And he asked one of his friends what that was all about, and they said, well, they're, they're addicted to sniffing glue or some sort of 
toxic substance to um, make the world a little fuzzy. He'd never experienced that before. So he went and met Mike, and he told him as he was sniffing this rag that it was like taking a holiday since he'd never probably go to the beach or he'd ever go camping and he'd probably never take a long trip. It made things fuzzy. And when he described how he felt, Mike just said it really doesn't feel like anything at all. So with the idea that John is not going to change this man, uh, to his surprise, a wondrous thing began to happen. Mike began to actually transform John and not the other way around. Well, at least not at the beginning. Now, John also described this transformation for something that he called heart hours. And what he said was heart hours is the time that you invest in someone in the deepest of all senses. You not only open your heart to learn about that person, but you also accept them as they are. And in doing so, you find that you are willing to share yourself with them. But in order to, to accept anyone at that level, you must be willing to change your perceptions and look beyond what you see on the surface of that person. So John found himself looking beyond the surface of Mike's life, learning more about Mike, diving below the surface. What he found was not only the scars of Mike's life that put him where he was, but he also found a good and decent man under the surface that John began to truly like. John said that while it was important for individuals or corporations to write checks and to help address social challenges, that is really a relatively easy task because heart hours are far more expensive because they require a very, very deep commitment and you only have so much time because a heart hour only has 24 hours in every single day, which means that you really have to be careful and give them on purpose. Because of the heart hours, a true and natural relationship formed between Mike and John. A journey that began with two small seeds and a journey that neither man would have ever perceived would have happened. But God did. Shalom Mission was created by many of God's small seeds. A germ of an idea by a man named Suk Wun Lee, who was a former penitentiary inmate and a member of the Korean Nazarene congregation. Shalom Mission, uh, he founded in August of 1987 with the help of board members and volunteers and they establish the inner city ministry and they offer meals and counseling services so shalom small seeds take root they become nurtured by the small seeds of the dedicated leadership staff and volunteers and many supporters whose life and nurture planting in the ground led them to that place and now they strive to make a positive difference in the lives of many, many people each and every day. The sown seeds of this congregation have created a strong and healthy, sturdy mustard tree. 
And as today's gospel reading tells us, putting forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. We've been so taken by this idea of the nurture of trees because it really becomes who we are. The ambo with the design of the trees and the altar. Sown seeds of this congregation have led many to volunteer in very various areas of our social community and social ministry that we find important. And one of them is the North End support team, NEST. It's where many, many heart hours have created sturdy branches to nurture others as they take refuge here. And in return, those folks who have volunteered receive a vast wealth of knowledge that continues to support refugees. The sown seeds are a refugee family. Abdel Rahim, his wife Garub, and their absolutely adorable little daughter, Fatima, were scattered upon the earth in Syria. They, like all of us, have grown with hopes of living in a warm, vibrant, and safe place. But circumstances well beyond their control force them to flee from Aleppo to Jordan and now here to Winnipeg. Birds of flight. Birds of flight that took refuge in the tree that is Grace Lutheran Church. A warm, vibrant, and safe place. Some other birds. The young birds of Kimberly kids who play and learn and benefit from our desire to be a good neighbor. For the birds who have come for synod conventions, dinner theater, yoga classes, and many other activities that we open our doors for, for over the decades. For birds who have really nowhere else to turn and are in the, kind, in the need of a kind word or a helping hand. For birds who have landed on our branches for so many reasons and for various lengths of stay, they come. They come because we, and those congregation members who've gone before us, strived and struggled to help create this place to be warm, vibrant, and safe. And we've created strong branches of learning, of worship, of stewardship, custodial, youth volunteering, social ministry, staffing, pastoral, administrative, property branch that's still searching for a mama or papa bird, just saying, council that's still searching for a mama and papa vice president bird, and many other branches that have grown and will continue to grow over the life that is the tree of grace. So one other part of a tree that um, is just touched on in the gospel, and that's the roots. Roots bind a tree to the ground and provide much of the nutrients that are needed for it to survive. Another incredible TED Talk that I heard on Wednesday was that of a lady named Carolyn Clausen. She holds a master's in marriage, family, and child counseling. She's taught at the U of M for over 14 years, and she's on CGOB quite often talking on various mental health topics. And her firm belief is that we are fundamentally wired for connection, and she tries to help folks 
create meaningful and long-lasting connections. Her topic was called The Learning from the Sequoias, The Value of Interconnectedness. So she started by talking about the sequoia tree, a tree that has been known to be sometimes over 2,000 years old, 24 stories tall, 32 feet in diameter, about 10 meters. But the root structure is interesting because it's only about a foot and a half deep. That's all. But what makes it really unique and special is that not only do the root structure intertwine amongst each other to help give that strength, but they also interconnect physically, which means that they also are able to provide nutrients for one another. But it also is a signaling system when there's an environmental change so that the, the trees in that area would be aware and can try to protect themselves. As God's children, our faith helped us to create a strong root system for the tree that is this church. We're not only intertwined by our faith, but over the many decades, we have also become interconnected because of the love and care that we show towards each other and our desire to create a warm, vibrant, and safe place. It's because we've invested heart hours too. Heart hours in each other, in the tree that is grace, and for birds like Abdelrahim, Grub, Fatima, and by extension, really their whole family that's here. Nourishing and enriching the world in a way that will benefit others from one small scattered seed. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.